Welcome back. You're watching Traders Corner and joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Hi, Julieta. Garth, we shall start off with the S&P 500 as we usually do. And it is sort of ticking up, um, notwithstanding the fact that it, it's a summer lull and it's probably not massive volumes, but it's grinding higher, isn't it? It, it is grinding higher uh, and it's been grinding higher since April, actually. And we pointed this out last week and, and a couple of times over the last few weeks, really. Um, what's evident is that the market has now managed to push above this 2800 resistance area. And I've been going on about that for a few weeks, mentioning that if the market manages to break out through that area, then it's quite possible that it goes and targets this gap up at 2850. That is a gap that formed in late January, uh, just before we had that very aggressive sell-off into the beginning of February, and that gap has never been targeted, uh, has never been filled, rather. Yes. So it's quite feasible that if we do see this U.S. market continuing to nudge higher, then it'll probably make its way up towards 28.50 to go and target that gap and fill it. And that would then also make a move up towards the upper boundary of this channel. You can see those two thick black lines there that demarcate that upward sloping channel that's been intact over the last four months or so. So for now, whilst we've got higher lows and higher highs and we're above the 2800 resistance area, you've got to still back the likelihood that this market could go higher from here. That's probably the path of least resistance for now. Yeah. Once it gets up towards that 2850 zone or possibly even revisits that high that we saw back in, in January, then I would think possibly there it begins to stall and, uh, and consolidate a little bit. Because it's not particularly oversold where it is if you look at... No, it's not, but it's also not particularly... I mean, overbought, sorry. Yeah, it's not, it's not oversold and it's not overbought either. It's, it could still go higher before it gets overbought. So you've got to think that for now the path of least resistance is to the upside. Yeah. Um, only if it starts to break back under sort of 27.90, that would potentially be a little bit, um, little bit bearish and might then see a deeper pullback. Yeah. But at this point, uh, the path of least resistance is, ups is, is upwards. And the JSE is in a sort of curious uh, range-bound state, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because some days, uh, well, I mean, earlier this month, of course, we had a terrible few days. And then the market managed to kind of, you know, really muscle its way higher. Yeah. Then some days there's a pullback. Other days, like today, it feels yeah. like, you know, we're, we're on the move again. Yeah. But we actually haven't moved very much at all. No, we haven't. I mean, if you look, this is now going back to February of this year. This is the top 40 future that we always look at here. And you can see it's really just stuck in the sideways channel between 49,000 at the lower level and up to 52,500 at the upper level. Now, uh, we, we have a... Uh, a bounce that's occurred off the bottom of that 49,000 area from last week when, when we sat here it was actually beginning to bounce off that low and it's moved up quite nicely over the last couple of days. 51,000 is an area of resistance now which we're monitoring at the moment and then beyond that there's a little gap in the chart up at 51,800 so if we start to push above 51,000 then maybe we can start to see a move up towards that gap at 51,800. Yeah. But, but it, you know, for the most part, it still is stuck in this sideways range. And the, the, I suppose what I'd be a little bit wary of is if it falters and can't make it back up to the upper part of the range mm. and sort of starts to roll over at any time mid-range here, then do we have the risk that we have another leg to the downside to then go and flush out that 49,000 level again? So I don't know. I'm just speaking hypothetically. Yeah. For the most part, generally, it's just still sideways and, yeah. and stuck in that range. And you're not trading the top 40 years, so I suppose in some ways it's academic at this point. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm a bit frustrated that I, I didn't buy off that 49,000 level because I, I think in retrospect it was a, a fairly easy trade where you could have done it with a good risk to reward ratio. You knew your fate. You needed to buy it at 49,000. And if it started breaking below there, you got out. Yeah. As uh, simple as that. 
And, and at the time, I think I was a little bit wary that we might start to see the market pushing lower because it just didn't feel as if there was any panic in the market at that selling, at, at that low last week. And that's what worried me. And previously, all of these lows that we've seen throughout the year to date, each time the markets got down there, it's actually felt a bit panicky. Yes. And, and often you want to see that in order to then get a bit contrarian. And we didn't see that last week, and that's what made me stand back. And, of course, uh, standing back has now cost me by not going in at that 49,000 area. Yeah, well, I suppose patience is the name of the game this year. Um, and we will talk about that in a bit. But, Garth, um, you did enter short position in Telcom last week. Yeah. How's it working out for you? It's working. We've got uh, the chart on the screen at the, at the moment here. So there you can see the head and shoulders pattern that I identified. The break below 51 Rand is a negative or a bearish break on this. And the price then rallied back up and gave what we call a throwback to retest the underside of the neckline of that head and shoulders at 51 Rand. We went short of 1,600 CFDs for last week's show at 50 Rand and 40 cents. And we're looking for a move down towards 45 Rand here, which is the December and January lows. Um, that's where the head and shoulders pattern projects to. And I think that's potentially where it could go. So far, we're on the right side of this trade, so I'm going to stick with it for now. If it starts to sell off any further from here, I probably will begin looking to bank profits into any additional weakness. I may not necessarily hold it all the way to the target, just because that's, that's been a strategy that served us fairly well this year to date. Yeah. Not to be too greedy for the full target to be obtained. Just take some of the money off the table when it's there and continue to keep the profit ticker moving forwards. Yeah, which actually has worked uh, cumulatively. It does tend to work out over time. And we'll, I guess we'll show people what the state of the portfolio is at yeah, the end of the show. It, it certainly does. And if you can string a couple of winners together, it really helps to, to keep that profit ticker moving forwards in quite a nice way. And that's what we have managed to do in the last few weeks or maybe the last two months, let's say, we've actually managed to string a couple of winning trades together. And that certainly helps to improve the profitability of the portfolio quite dramatically. Yeah. Garth, now, um, in the name of patience, you actually haven't entered in the, into, into any new trades this week, but there are um, a couple of charts that you want us to focus on. And one of them is Brent crude oil. What do you think is happening there? Because it's been quite a, it's been quite a volatile year if you've been an oil investor. Yeah, it has, yeah. So the, the Brent crude oil price is interesting. Over here, you've got a two-year chart. Uh, in fact, it's not even two years. It's about a year and a half. What's evident is that the, there's been a very well-defined upward trend on the chart of Brent crude oil. You can see how it joins all these significant low points since June of last year. And what's happened very recently is the price has actually begun to break down below the bottom of that rising trend. That break came on a move below $75 per barrel. And that to me signals that this rising trend is now over. And that mm. what, what was previously a support line in the form of that rising trend now will quite feasibly become resistance if we see a bounce into the week uh, that, that follows from here. And to me, this suggests that that upward pressure on oil is now abating and that we're probably going to see the, the oil price starting to level off and maybe even come a little bit softer from here. So good news um, at the pumps, I guess, because we've seen some horrible increases in the petrol price recently. So this certainly is good news from that perspective. If I just zoom in on this chart a little bit more closely yes. now and just look at the last six months worth of trade to show it in a little bit more detail. What you can see, there's the upward trend that I spoke about that goes back to June of last year. You can see the break below $75 per barrel. That's very clear break now. And we've now, for the first time, got a lower low that has begun to form on, on the oil price here. So theoretically, any move back up towards $75 or $76 
a barrel from here should run into resistance. You can see that's what, you know, what was previously support offered by that black uptrend line. Now that'll be resistance. And you've also got the underside of the 50-day moving average. And that 50-day moving average, if you look at it, is beginning to roll over. It's actually starting to point downwards. So there's a fair amount of resistance in that area around $76 per barrel. So if we get there and we reverse down from that point, then I think it's it potentially lines up a short trade and I would think it's quite feasible that that if we reverse down from 76 and we start to turn down from that level then a, a move down to $70 per uh, barrel or maybe even towards this 200 day moving average which is at 68.50 I think is quite feasible yes. so I'm going to be watching this in the week ahead if we do get that reversal off of a 76 maybe 75 that sort of area I'd potentially look to put a short trade on oil and looking for uh, a pullback to the level I've mentioned. And would that be for you, uh, the international account? Uh, yes. In other words, you would trade a, an, an international... Uh, you guess, can, yeah, um, you can trade the offshore futures and there yeah. are also offshore CFDs available on oil okay. that you can trade in dollars. And, and that's where I would look to put this on as part of our offshore portfolio. Okay, so that's a potential trade that may line itself up this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, the other chart that is also quite interesting is the emerging markets ETF, mm. uh, which shows what's been happening to emerging markets um, over the course of the year. And it hasn't, very, it hasn't been pretty. No, it hasn't. Look, this is a very long-term chart that I've shown here. It goes back to 2005. So uh, that's 13 years ago. So it's, it's a very long-term chart that we're looking at here. What's notable is that the emerging markets have had a nice strong run in dollar term. Now, just, just to put you in the picture, this is an ETF. It's the iShares MSCI Emerging Markets ETF, right? So it's, a, it's an exchange-traded fund that tracks the emerging market basket. And so it's not just South Africa. It's a whole vast basket of emerging market equity markets that are represented in this, yeah. in this ETF. Now, the break above $42 per share here that occurred in 2017 was theoretically a bullish break. You can see how it breaks through all those prior tops beginning in 2007, beginning in the uh, middle of uh, 2011 again, and then again in 2014 where the market bumped up against that area. Now the break above there is theoretically bullish. What we've had since the beginning of 2018, as you mentioned, is quite a violent pullback. Mm. It doesn't look like much on this no, chart, no, but it's, it's gone, scale, it's, it's gone from $52 to $42. So you're talking about a 20% correction in emerging markets assets. Or a, a proper bear market. Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah they, you know, the technical definition technical. of a bear market is a 20% or more um, pullback. Now we've got that 20% pullback. The $42 area now does present support into this weakness. So it's going to be quite important that it holds this. But it's interesting, I think, and if you are one that's looking for exposure to emerging markets on a broader basis, this is possibly a way to look to get that exposure. I've seen quite a lot of commentary suggesting that emerging markets do now start to represent value after this deep pullback that we've seen. And technically, you can see the fairly strong support there as well. So I think it's, you know, we're not necessarily going to go and do anything with this right now. But I think from a longer term perspective, it is interesting to note this pullback towards the support level. And as a trader, I mean, is it exciting to trade ETFs? Because you don't... Yeah, yeah, it can be. You know, you, you, you'll remember an ETF is, is usually it's an exchange traded fund of a basket of underlying assets. Uh, so an ETF certainly gives you some degree of diversification, which yeah. is nice. Now, some might say because of that extreme diversification, it doesn't um, provide much excitement. It sort of levels out. Yeah, but I think the counter argument to that is that, yes, it doesn't provide a lot of excitement, but you're also not going to get caught in an absolute disaster um, <laughs> like a, a, you know, a Steinhoff or something like that, for example, which, you, which can happen on a single stock. 
whereas an, an ETF is often more diversified. Uh, and, and they do move around. You know, I mean, this thing's given you a 20% pullback in the last six months. That's a big move. Yeah. Uh, so, so there certainly are opportunities to actively trade ETFs if you want to, and you look for the opportunities to do so. Yeah. Okay, so that's another thing to watch. Garth, then the portfolios then actually aren't too different uh, to what they were last week. Um, and you're happy to sit on your hands at this point, as uh, France de Clac yes. calls it. Yes, I, I, I am happy to sit on my hands for now. You know, I don't think we need to force anything in this market. There's not a huge amount that's jumping out at me to, to trade right at this point in time. Uh, we're not here to force trades. We, we have been relatively active over the last couple of months anyway. But this week, I just looked at it and I thought, you know, there's really nothing jumping out and getting me too excited. So let's not push anything. We sit, we be patient. Um, we've still got our short position in telecom, and uh, that's very much the same mark-to-market valuation as what it was last week. In fact, as we sit here, we are 16 rand lower <laughs> over the week than what we were last week. So our portfolio is still up 17% for the year to date. That's in the, the rand-denominated local portfolio. And then um, our offshore portfolio is very dull. We've done nothing for quite some time here. Still sitting with a gain of 4.2%. As I said, I will be keeping an eye on the price of Brent crude oil in the week ahead and the possibility that we might do a trade there, which would then uh, enable us to do something on this offshore portfolio. Yeah, But the point being that it is a 17% gain on the local portfolio, which is great considering yeah. what has happened to the market. And you haven't forced trades. There's been lulls, actually. Yeah. Uh, as you said, the last couple of weeks were quite vigorous. Mm. But before then you know, not much necessarily happened. And yet, yeah. you just kind of steadily chip away at it and suddenly you're sitting on a fairly considerable gain. Well, that's it. 17% at the half-year stage in, in this kind of market, I think, is a really good return. And it's come from being pretty patient and waiting for those high-probability opportunities to present themselves and then trading them. And we'll continue to do that. We don't need to force trades just for the sake of trading. Yeah. Let's rather wait for those high probability opportunities to present themselves. Garth, and then just to end off, uh, a reminder that people can get a weekly alert from yourself. Indeed. If you go to traderscorner.co.za and you go to the middle of the page, you'll see there is a link in the middle of the page for a free weekly email. If you go on there and click on that, you can enter your details and we will uh, send you an email every week on Tuesday at uh, lunchtime, detailing what is coming up on the show for that week. Great, we'll leave it there. Garth, thanks as always for joining us. Garth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.